This show is brought to you in part by the University of Advancing Technology. UAT is a unique technology-infused private college that was founded by a geek for other geeks. Our mission is to educate students in the fields of advancing technology to become innovators of the future. UAT's campus culture is devoted to continually nurturing a thriving geek community where everyone's personal lives and professional aspirations revolve around technology. The beginning of the 21st century is an exciting time to be in the technology community. Current subjects of ongoing research and scholarship at UAT include robotics and embedded systems, artificial life programming, information and network security, game development, and other areas of advanced technology. Check them out on the web at www.uat.edu. Shoutcast streaming provided by Versus the World Productions, www.vtwproductions.com. I am Gnomewise. I am Gonora. I am Iolite. I am Daxa. I am Grail. And I am Versus You. I am Versus You. And I am Versus You. I am Versus You. And I'm Versus You. Casually Hardcore, Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. GMT, only on vtwproductions.com. All right, round the button. Let's get started, shall we? Welcome to the film, first ever Phoenix Comic Con Film School. I'm the chief filmmaker. My name is David Sabal. I am the water filmmaker. The man of mystery, chief state of solo in cinema. You guys might be wondering who the hell I'm going to All right, I'm going to go with there. Unfortunately, due to time constraints, can't really go into much detail. But. Um, I filmed up here locally in Arizona for over a decade now. I started back in 1999, have a couple of feature-length films. Never really went any, uh, that never really went here, but I got them under my belt. And that's the important part. As a filmmaker, you need projects under your belt. That's how you build up your rep. Uh, if you don't have any projects, if you haven't done any projects, you've got nothing to bring to the table. I don't care how much money you can bring. If you don't have experience in filmmaking, and you want to be a filmmaker, and you haven't filmed anything, why is anybody going to hire you? Why is anyone going to bring you on? Um, so with that said, I have a couple of feature-length films under my belt, five or six. I have hundreds of short films under my belt, and thousands of student short films that I've helped on many occasions. Um, and that's pretty much summed up my career to this point. Uh, what this class entails. This class entails being, I don't want to say a zero budget filmmaker. Get that out of your head. There's no such thing as zero budget. Something always costs money. Whether it's your camera, whether it's your lights, whether it's your food, anything. Anything costs money, so there's no such thing. It's a myth. It's a myth to say you spend zero. Your, your film still costs money. That's the thing that you got to work into your budgeting. Yeah, you might own a camera, and that camera still costs some money. How much did you pay for that camera? That's part of your budget. So right now, get that out of your head that this is a class for zero budget filmmaking. No, this is cheap. <laughs> But I basically you've learned and mastered the trade of cutting costs. And that's what you gotta do as a filmmaker, especially if you're not playing with the big boys in LA 
or anywhere else, the foreign market. If you want to be an independent filmmaker, you've got to work out of your own pocket majority of the time, meaning money is not going to fall out of thin air. It has to come from somewhere. So the first thing that I usually tell people is don't quit your day job. Just don't. I made that mistake a long time ago. I quit my day job to actually become a full-time filmmaker. Bills piled up, I went into bankruptcy. Lesson learned. If you want to be a really good filmmaker, you've got to have what I call an alter ego. Your alter ego goes out, makes the money, brings money home. You can go out and make films with that money that your alter ego made. And that's the key. You don't want to actually go in thinking that you're going to get stuff for free. Now, people might be laughing online and people will be laughing when they hear me say that because I'm famous for actually getting stuff for free. But the reason why I say don't expect it is because you more or less have to have, have that feed, you have to not have that fear of asking people, talking to people. You gotta just go out there and basically tell people about your project and see what happens. You will be surprised what people will say. Uh, for example, uh, my first feature-length film was called El Pueblo de Oro. Really strange title, but translated as the Village of Gold. It was a Western. People thought I was insane. I was just coming out of college, and I was taking school at ASU. Two of my friends said, hey, let's do a feature-length film for the first time. And it was a, a, they decided to do a Western, because we're out in Arizona. First, things, first thing you learn, film what you have available. We are in Arizona. You can shoot a Western. There's so many places out here in Arizona that you can shoot a Western. It's easy. It's really easy. So like, I understand that people like in the professionals in the LA were thinking I'm insane. But because of my location, it made it super easy. I just called them around to ghost towns, everything else, and people finally one ghost town up in Apache land. It was Apache land ghost town before it burned down mysteriously. Uh, they basically got to call me back after I left a message saying who I am. He said, sure, no one's filmed out here in decades. Come on out, shoot what you can, and move on. So that's how I've, uh, that's what I mean. That was my first lesson in finding out. You never know what people are going to say. Because overall, people love movies. People, people get nostalgic. People get starry-eyed when you tell them, I'm making a movie. And that is your first step. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of your project. It can be the stupidest project in the world. Someone out there is going to like it. Someone out there is going to watch it. If people post up YouTube videos of puppies attacking <coughs> ladies and it gets a million hits, your film is going to get some views. Plain and simple. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of like thinking outside the box. Uh, now normally, I would be starting with a presentation, but unfortunately, 
uh, we are having technical difficulties. So starting off, does everyone have a, who doesn't have a handout? All right. Welcome to class. I'm watching Nathan because Nathan is a far better and more skilled filmmaker than I am. He has two very good web series that are out right now. Well, Voyage Trekkers is not out right now. It's just a trailer, right? But they're very good. They're high quality. They're shot locally. It's beautiful. Go to, go to, go to his website. Hell, even after the seminar, go mob him. Mob him for information. And check out the check, check out what they can do. And believe me, if you see what Nathan's pulled off, you may think to yourself, you know, filmmaking's not that hard. The only person that makes it hard is you. I know, I know. The stresses, I know. The simple stresses of filmmaking. But you know that's that's comes with the territory. Being a filmmaker is a stressful thing. You constantly have to be thinking everything else. And I'm 32 and I got a lot of gray hair in my head. And sometimes, I don't know if you were around, when I actually shaved my head because I just couldn't take it anymore pulling my hair out. So, being a filmmaker is tough, but it's very rewarding. I mean, there's no better feeling in this world than seeing your finished project in a small screen. Anywhere. There's no better, there's no better feeling. Um, but, so with that said, everyone got a handout? Yeah. Okay. Once again, welcome to the Film School 101. My name is David Sabal. And uh, since we won't be going off presentation, we'll go off of the uh, the handout I gave out, which is a more detailed than the presentation. If we were going off the presentation, I'd be ranting. So this is probably a good thing. <laughs> uh, so the first thing that we're going to be talking about are the two major things is pre-production and post. The reason why I don't touch production, we're in Arizona. In LA, there are rules that you have to follow. Yes. In Arizona, there are no rules. This is the Wild Wild West. Not true. Not true to a degree. You gotta say something. In LA, there are so many hoops and contracts you've gotta go through, but out here, people don't really put a lot on that. <laughs> City of Phoenix will and has arrested people true. shooting without permits. So please yeah. just don't. Don't educate don't, these guys to not follow the rules. Yeah, don't, I'm, I'm not educating you guys not to follow the rules. Be careful and everything else. I mean, be smart. That's the thing. Key to being cheap is be smart. Don't be stupid. Because just like what you said, you know, even like in the Indian reservations out in Scottsdale, that's the toughest one. Because they will confiscate your equipment willy-nilly. No questions asked. 
they'll take it. And they can. But that's why you've got to be smart. First rule, thank you for actually giving me a segue. First rule, rule to being a cheap filmmaker, be smart. Work within your means. Don't think too high in the stars. Because you, once you start thinking above your, above your limits, then you've got to be thinking about other things. Permits, uh, fees, money, everything else. Once you actually start broadening it out, that's when you actually start suffering the stresses and it gets more expensive. Key to being a cheap filmmaker, keep it small. Keep it small, keep it simple. Just for now, because guess what? Down the line, down the line, making these small movies and small projects, you'll get people to, you'll, you'll build up rep, you might find an investor down the line. I've seen, I've seen filmmakers get jobs and get money because of this past stuff they did. I'm not gonna give names because, you know, I don't wanna be laughing anybody, but it's true. If you put your heart into what you do earlier, It'll all come into play later. But you gotta be patient. And just, uh, just like we said, you gotta be careful. Because if you go out shooting willy-nilly without a game plan, then you run into the uh, run into the problem that you might be fine, might have your equipment taken, and that's a loss of money. So that's the but going back to what I was saying. The reason why I don't cover production or shooting is because it differs from person to person. I've worked on projects, and everyone has their own styles. I'm not going to tell you guys, go shoot this way. No, no, you guys should do this. No, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be compliant to that. Because if, if I were to tell you that, that works for me. It might not work for you, okay? That's why I tell people, I can bring up like a bunch of uh, knowledgeable and successful filmmakers up here to tell you guys how they did it, but that works for them. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. You've got to find your own way, and you've got to be smart. So the two main things that I'm going to be covering is pre-production and post. Pre-production is key. Going back to what we were alluding to about permits and stuff like that, that's all pre-production, that is all preparation. You've got to have a game plan before you show up on set. You just got to. Because if you show up on set and you're not prepared, you leave yourself open to huge errors that will cost you down the line. So, first thing I'm going to cover in pre-production is script writing. Who's a, who's a writer in the audience? Okay, good. Uh, now, script writing, are all you guys familiar with Final Draft? Yep. Everyone's yep. familiar with Final Draft? Now, Final Draft is kind of the, I noticed the most used project, but it, to those people who are getting into writing in the audience, don't think that you're stuck using Final Draft. Anything you can write on, you can write on. On the Final Draft website, they even give a template for you guys to download to, to use it onto Word. Bring it to Word and you can actually use that template to use on Word. All you have to do is just go to the Final Draft website and it's right there. Um, 
And going, uh, going off of the pro uh, programs that you can use, now going into more of the writing side. How many of us have had writer's block? Can't write, can't write, suddenly you just hit a wall. I've hit that. I've hit that and it's been a major block for me at times. Like when I was going back, when I was in school at SEC, I had a huge writer's block and I couldn't finish a script. And my teacher, uh, her name is, uh, I hope I'm saying this right because I'm streaming online and she'll kill me if I say her name wrong. Kathleen Herbert. Uh, she has a book, if you go into that, of the uh, outline. So this is something I basically recommend that you guys read that will help you is one of her books. And let me see here. Uh, the Perfect Screenplay, Writing and Selling. That book has like been a Bible to me. It really has. It's helped me. It's helped me think how to get right through my writer's block, how to actually come up with ideas. One of the things that uh, Ms. Herbert brought me into her office one day and told me is, Dave, I know you're having problems writing. Start small. Write me a scene. That instantly broke my writer's block because it made things simple. It's, it, it brought things down really simple and made me just think, okay, I'm going to write two pages, a two-page scene. And suddenly I started writing two other pages, more scenes and more scenes, and then I just started actually combining it all into a script. And that helped. That's, that's the one, one of the key things that you guys can do if you hit a writer's block as a writer. Just narrow it down. Even, even, even uh, beforehand, uh, I was talking with the tech here, and he's actually a writer. And he even brought up another thing that kept Definitely brings up in her book. Break it down into characters. What would the character do? Uh, what would uh, what would the character do in that scenario? What's the character's favorite music? What's the character's mindset? You'll be surprised how that breaks you out of your block because it actually puts you inside the character and makes you think. And the beautiful thing about the, this book is the fact that you cannot, you, this, this is for all writers, not just script writers, but all writers. Because breaking down, when you're writing a story, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to just writing a story. That's what script writing comes down to. It comes down to writing a story. Characters, scenes. Once you actually think about that, a movie just flows out. I mean, have you, you guys have seen bad movies once in a while, right? Well, once, well, what's the one thing that will break a movie? What's the one thing? It's, if it's a bad, if, if, for one thing, if it's bad production, but if it's a bad story. I mean, if you have loopholes, if you have uh, breaks in continuity, characters acting out of character, that breaks the story. That makes your story bad. That makes your story weak. Um, I'm not going to use examples because 
that's not very professional. <laughs> Uh, now, as a shooter, as a filmmaker, if you're just starting out as a filmmaker and you want to actually kick off being a, starting off a filmmaker, shoot what you got. Think about what you have around you. Try to going back to what I said. Make it simple, because if you make it, if you make your story simple enough, you can shoot anything. Because you, okay, location. I own an apartment. I can use an apartment. Stuff like that. Keep it simple. You know, once you actually get, once you get like more comfortable with dealing with the stresses of filmmakers, go out and do a western because you can do it. Go out and do a western next project. Go out and do voyage trackers, a, a Star Trek spoof. If you got if you got the contacts and you got the wherewithal to actually do it, do it. Nothing's stopping you. Nothing should stop you to actually film. The only thing that should stop you, the only thing that stops a lot of people, I know this, and a lot of filmmakers, is for the one thing is fear, fear of failure. Hey, I've done it. I've been afraid to actually fail. But the other thing is listening to other people saying you can't do it. Don't listen to people. Don't listen to people who say you can't do something. Okay? If you can do it, you can tell them, "Hey, I have this. I have this. I have this. And I have this." Then you can do it. There's no reason for them to tell you you can't. There really isn't. If, as long as you goes back to pre-production, as long as you're prepared, you have a game plan. You're set. That that pre-production for me. It is so vital. It's so vital because I've gone. I started as a guerrilla filmmaker, and it sucks. It really does. Like uh, I can tell you a story about like I shot on a street. Right. This is before I knew about comments. This is before I knew about anything. And I was shooting on a street. Cop pulls up. Literally, I have to talk my way out of. Him taking my equipment and finding me, I think at the time it was like, I looked at the thing, $400. The only thing that saved me was the fact that I told him that I was going for a school project, which I was. That At that moment, I told myself, okay, I have to be more prepared because the last thing I need is stuff like that happening. And just like what you, just like what you, you alluded to earlier, if you plan like a big giant chase scene in the street without thinking, hmm, am I going to have to close down that street? Am I going to cause a disturbance? Uh, I might run into trouble. Make it easier now. Uh, instead of, oh, instead of making the chase scene through a street, uh, one of the tricks I did, I used the school campus. My first uh, film was a spy film. I wanted a huge chase scene in, uh, on the streets. And I looked into it, and I found out I would have to pay $200 to close down the mill, just for an hour. Uh, but I would have to go through contracts, and I'd have to get insurance, stuff like that. So. 
Uh, I basically said, okay, I'm going to just confine it into ASU campus. I went, talked to ASU security, they cleared it, and they basically said, yeah, have fun. Go ahead and film, film anywhere on campus, just don't vandalize anything. And to this, to this day, I've seen, a lot of, I've seen a lot of student films. No one, I take pride in this, no one has staged a fight scene in, in, inside the Fountain Center in the, in the ASU. I had two actors really fight in cold water, fight, get thrown into the water and everything else, get punched into the water, uh, and we get, had like a huge crowd and they started cheering the actors and stuff like that. And it was okay. Security was right there. I already made sure that security was on standby just in case. And went off without a hitch. That taught me one thing, preparations. I have I gotta be prepared whenever I shoot. Meaning, whenever you're on set, make sure the location is locked down. Nothing should cause you to segue from something. If police show up and ask you questions, you should be able to answer them. Okay, what's going on? Here's here's my permission. Here's my lease. Here's my insurance. Stuff like that. You should be able to do that. And that leads to being a safe and cheap filmmaker because, congratulations, you don't have to worry about fines, which mean more money spent. Buying permits means money spent. Use what you know, use what you got. Um, and lastly, when in doubt, steal an idea. There's a lot of people out there that are probably saying, plagiarism, oh my god, he's stealing an idea. Let's get something straight. In Hollywood, there is no more original idea. There isn't. Every single cop, every single conversation I've had with a filmmaker that comes from SEC, comes from ASU, one thing that everyone complains about, there's nothing original in Hollywood anymore. You know why? Because formulas work. Formulas work. It's okay to steal a formula, but make it your own. You know, a farm boy who is raised on a farm, raises up and destroys, a, destroys an army. That is a formula or destroys a great darkness, guess what? That's Star Wars, that's Lord of the Rings, that's every single epic superhero, uh, superhero rising up. That's even comic books. Now don't get me wrong. For my filmmakers out there in internet land also who are probably tossing stuff at the, stuff at the monitors and everything and call me an idiot. Uh, Plagiarism is not good, but stealing a formula, stealing an idea is okay because it will help you get something done. Worst thing by far as a filmmaker, and this is this has just come to me recently. One of the big things that really made a turning point in my life was coming to realize I let everything get me down. I listened to everyone saying that, oh, you can't do this, you can't do this. Oh, that's another idea. You can't do that. 
I found myself just sitting at home doing nothing. And who here has seen Wanted? The movie Wanted with Angela Jolie and based on that comic series. One of the things that basically stuck in my head at the very end of that was the guy saying, what the hell have you done with your life? If you're a filmmaker and you're just sitting at home doing nothing, that is, you're not being a filmmaker then. You're not. You're listening to others basically dictating your career. That's not good. You know, you'll, you'll find yourself just basically sitting at home eating Cheetos in your underwear, watching movies going, wow, that's a great idea. I should have thought about that. So don't, don't, don't be afraid to actually look at other movies, look at other filmmakers and get ideas. That's the whole point. Actually, one of the big things is to talk to other filmmakers, to talk to other people, like right here, right now. We are in a seminar, you guys have already seen it. I've, already, uh, I've asked everybody, Who's a filmmaker in here? Hands went up. Talk to them. Talk to other filmmakers. You know, the one of the things that my, uh, me and my friend created, uh, my good friend created Western X, Michael Flores, one of the things we were talking about is we see a lot of filmmakers too many times not talking to each other, not networking. And that leads to, and that leads to problems because like, you know, then filmmakers say, well, I can't do this because I'm by myself. You're by yourself because you're not talking to people. Because you're not getting the, you're not getting the context you need. If you need a makeup artist, go talk to a makeup artist. Talk to someone who owns a makeup artist. That's the key. You guys got a network. This is the start. For you guys who are starting the filmmaking, look around and basically say, hey, I want to know everybody in this damn room. Because you never know who you're going to find. You can find an actor that you can call on one, uh, in, in an emergency situation. You can call on a, a makeup artist who is not getting enough work. You can find a group of filmmakers who just want to be on set. The thing is, is getting the, the, those names that network built up. Like, one of the biggest things a lot of people say it is evil, but I tell people, you know what, if you're a filmmaker, you need one. Uh, who does not have a Facebook account? Wow. Well, besides you two, but you are two. As a filmmaker, you guys should have a Facebook account. You know why? Because that's a way of keeping your network active. There's a lot of filmmakers on Facebook a lot of people post stuff on Facebook. Uh, series are posted up on Facebook so that you guys can watch it, no updates on it. Facebook isn't just basically about keeping track of your friends. It's about actually, it can be used to actually be a network. Uh, that's how I keep tabs on me. <laughs> that's how I saw that. That's how I saw about voice trackers. I watched, I, I was watching and all of a sudden, bing, oh, he posted up the, the new trailer for Boys Trailers, saw it, loved it. And that's the power of Facebook. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are hesitant to because of personal information. Don't put personal information on your Facebook, be smart. Don't just willy-nilly tell people, 
uh, where you live or, or what you're doing at that moment, don't, because that, that leads to problems. Your Facebook account, the only person that could get you in trouble on Facebook is you. It's no one else. No one's going to like hunt you down. Um, unless you actually put your put, put a target on you. If you put a target on you, then yeah, you have it coming. So I, I definitely encourage that. If you want to start, build up your Facebook, uh, build a Facebook account and start building a network of filmmakers. That's how you keep track of people. That's how people can actually say, hey, what are you doing lately? I'm doing this project. What are you doing? I'm doing nothing. You need help? Okay. So, let's see. Uh, going quickly through storyboarding. Now, I know a lot of filmmakers cringe at storyboarding because number one reason is I always hear is I'm not an artist. I have to draw stick figures. All I'm going to tell you is this. Storyboarding helps. It's great to have because you're prepared on set. You're not going to waste time. One, the worst thing, the worst thing you can do on set, day of, is waste time. If I'm standing there as a, as a camera guy, like my brother is right now, and I'm just standing there shooting nothing, I'm wasting time. I'm leaving myself vulnerable to, to errors and mistakes because no one knows what to do. Storyboarding is a must. It, at least for me. Now, remember, I'm not, I'm not telling you guys to go out and do it, but for me it works. Because, and it's simple. Who, have, who doesn't have a digital still camera? Small little digital still camera. You have a camera phone. As of last week. <laughs> Congratulations, you have a camera phone. Even with a camera phone, you can still take storyboards. Line up your shot, click, done. And all, that's all you have to do. You have a storyboard. You have a game plan with it on the day of. Because, believe me, nothing is more demoralizing to your crew than waiting for, uh, waiting for you to actually come up with, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? One of, the, one of the more successful shorts I did, that it was successful because it started with storyboards, was a short called Zombie Matters. Zombie Matters was created by an artist in Tucson named Natalia Lopez. She came to me with just storyboards. I didn't have to write a script, didn't have to do anything. She gave me storyboards and we shot that. That was the fastest I've ever shot a short. Because all I had to do was find a simple crew and shoot in a day. And normally a, the short, a short like that would take like a whole weekend, like three days. It took us one day. Why? Because all I had to do was I contacted my uh, most reliable camera guy that I can trust, which is Mike Flores. I told him, hey, here's these storyboards. You don't have to ask me anything. I want you to get, I want, I want you to get these images. That's it. Next thing I know, Mike's busting it out like lightning, lightning quick. Why? Because the shots were already prepared and set up. You had, he had a storyboard to come across, and all he had to do was just shoot what was on the storyboards. 
don't have to go through script, don't have to think, should I do a medium shot? Should I do a close-up of this? Should I do a long shot? No. See how here it shows that I, they just want to see her eyes? Film a close-up of her eyes. That's it. Set, lock, shoot, done. And that was probably one of the more successful shorts I did and one of the best shorts I did because that crew was on their A game because I made sure that they were prepared. On the day of, I made sure that Natalia wasn't the only makeup artist because she wanted to be a makeup artist and do the zombies, do the, do the makeup for the zombies. So I made sure she had, a, she had an assistant to help her with the zombies to speed her along. And that got her done fast. Nothing. There's, there's one thing you can do to make a crew, you, uh, to have to build your network and make it solid. It, and it is to basically take care of your crew and to not waste your crew's time. That crew on Zombie Matters is probably the closest set of guys that I would actually work with. And they would work with me because I got the job done fast. They didn't. They didn't, they didn't waste time, they didn't like bemoan anything. I got them in, I got them out. And that's one of the key, that's one of the key things. You gotta actually make sure that your crew is happy. Make sure your crew is happy. If your crew is upset about something, you better fix it. Because <laughs> they will stop in their tracks. I've seen them. I've seen student film shorts where just some drama happens, and it freezes the whole set. God, that sucks. Because then you gotta actually tell the people, okay, come on, let's go, let's go. Let's get this job done. And people don't want to because, oh, their feelings are hurt. Or, oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, I'm thirsty. Oh, I, I, the, the, the one camera guy yelled at me. I don't wanna work with him anymore. Stuff like that, as a filmmaker, is stuff that you gotta be wary of. Do you wanna make a successful shoot? Get the crew happy. Uh, all right, now to the fun stuff. Budgeting. Now, I could go into a lengthy detail about budgeting, but if you want that, you're gonna have to go to school for that. All I'm going to say about budgeting is why I've been trying to reiterate to you guys about this whole thing. Keep it simple, keep it fun, and never, ever, 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 ever be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to talk to people. Don't be afraid to talk to people to actually see, hey, what can we do? One of the shorts here, uh, Maticosa. Uh, Maticosa is like a steampunk science fiction web series. And one of their, one of their uh, set pieces, which is really ornate in design, they simply got by asking a fan of Steampunk. And that fan gave it to them. He said, yeah, here you go, borrow it. Cost zero. Didn't have to pay anything. <coughs> Saves money. You know why? Because they asked. 
when I was on Western Ends, maybe I shouldn't say this because of that non-disclosure agreement. Uh, on a nondescript uh, web series I worked on just recently, uh, we were running out of, we, we had to find food for the crew for one day. It was our last day. We had to find, we had to find food, find ice, find catering, find something to keep the crew happy. We were in a western town. Originally, the uh, head honcho, the producer, wanted me to go out buy buy uh, buy supplies. I went instead to the local places inside the town. We've been shooting there for about a week. I, uh, we've been getting to know the local businesses. I asked the local business, "Hey, we're 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 really dragging right now. We need your guys' help. This is you guys know what we've been doing." Can I get some stuff from you guys? Now, I know what you, I know what some people are saying. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe you walked up to someone to ask for something for free. But you know what? You gotta have that. You gotta be able to do that. If you want to be a cheap filmmaker, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask, because you never know what you're gonna get. All of a sudden, the bakery let us use their ovens. They reheated. Uh, I wonder if that's my time me not to say anything. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything bad. <laughs> but the bakery allowed us to actually use their equipment to actually reheat eat food. All of a sudden, the bar said, hey, we could give you guys some water, some free water, and some pipes. That's, that's some money saved up right there. Especially for a large crew. That's what I mean. You never know what you're going to find when you ask. I mean, like say for example, one, uh, like going back to what you were saying about permits, one thing about locations, getting location permits and stuff like that, sometimes some locations don't really care. Because, you know, hey, Free publicity, free publicity. If you find like a small cafe or something, and they, they you basically go in there and say, hey, I really like this place. You guys mind if I shoot here? Like shoot a short? You'd be surprised what people say. The worst thing, the worst thing, remember this, get, to get over the fear, the worst thing someone can tell you is no. Does that really hurt hearing people no? Not really. So what? Oh well, thank you, thank you for at least listening to me. And then, basically, it's, that's how you can get that's how you can get locations. Simply walking into a business that you like and asking them point blank, "Hey, you guys mind if I shoot here?" You'll be surprised how many people say yes, and let's say no. Why? Because people love making movies. People like helping movies, especially. Especially if you like <laughs> one of the original one of the original guerrilla filmmaking tactics I used to get a location was I'm doing a I'm doing a short film, I can give you credit in my end credits. People would be happy with that. It's amazing. Just basically you give them a finished project for free and all of a sudden 
they're all happy because guess what? At the end credits it says special thanks for this location, this location is here, contact information for this location. They're happy about that. I wonder if that's might be get tell me to shut up. <laughs> no. Okay. Now um, we've got about roughly 20 minutes left. Unfortunately, uh, I wasn't able to go through the whole thing, so let me just skip right ahead. Uh, please go over the overview. The overview has basic stuff, but you would be surprised what how basic helps. Basic stuff helps. Knowing the basics is like the key to being a chief filmmaker. Uh, one of the biggest books. I'm not a book company. I don't go around saying, hey, buy my book, or buy so-and-so's book. But there is a book that I found the last two years, and it's cheap. It's $9 at half-price books, if you find it. Special effects. Uh, it's written by Michael Sloan. In the book, it breaks down simple uh, special effects that you can do on the cheap. It shows you how to do professional effects on the cheap. But the one thing that I love that book for, in the very back, it breaks down how to build your own studio. How to build your own studio out of your own place, on micro budget. Building it out of your own computer, building it out of this, you know, like, it gives you, it gives you details on like what programs you can look into to save money. So if you guys can find that book, definitely pick it up. Because that, that was an eye-opener for me because for the longest time I couldn't figure out how to build my own studio because building your own studio sounds really expensive. But when I read that, I was like, oh my god, this is actually really easy to do. Um, one of the major sites that I flat out tell people to go check out is who has who here has heard of Indie Mobile? Yes! <laughs> Indie Mobile is awesome. They will show you, they will break down uh, how to do special effects, how to make props, how to build camera equipment. They show you how to build a dolly on, on there, micro, really cheap. How to build like uh, rigs and stuff like that. Go to Indie Mobile. That just flat out made me go into Turbo Overdrive the last couple of years because I started just eating up all the, all the videos. Uh, and I wish my uh, projector was up because I actually had a special thing for this Comic-Con. But I just will tell you guys right now, go to IndieMobile.com and check out one video. There's only one video you guys go check out. Check out this video. It's called The Fighting Avenger. The Fighting Avenger was a uh, part of their contest for War Movie Month. And they literally did a micro-budget war movie on basically nothing. Because what they did, they built their World War II weaponry out of foam, out of rubber, out of plastic bottles. They built a flamethrower, and they used actual uh, uh, effects that you can get in uh, typical editing software. Uh, 
they made a fan film, a Captain America fan film. If they can do that, you guys can do anything. Okay? Filmmakers can do anything as long as they have the motivation and the drive. Once you lose the motivation and the drive, then you'll be like me the last uh, two years sitting at home eating Cheetos in my underwear. They say, for morning, why am I doing nothing? <laughs> Look what they did. Uh, so, with that said, I'm going to open it up to Q&A. If anybody has Q&A questions, uh, please feel free to ask. Yes? Um, where's the best place to meet like, other filmmakers here in Phoenix? Like, is there like a... Best place to meet filmmakers, okay? You want to get actors, you want to get filmmakers? Schools. All the schools. All right? There's schools out here. ASU. They have theater departments. All you got to do is just post something up there. And it, it, it amazes me the last couple of years when I go to a theater department and I'm looking for actors and I notice their posting was empty. Because people, people are afraid to go into the department and ask. Or even just post something up. That's how you build that, uh, schools is one way. Doing stuff like this. Uh, seminars. IFP. Everyone heard of IFP. IFP is the, uh, I don't know, I want to say this right. Basically, yeah, it's the Fil uh, Filmmakers Project. They hold seminars for like writers, directors, cinematographers. Yeah, you have to pay for it, but that's a really great way to meet other filmmakers. It's just not to, to meet professionals. You want to go there and meet other filmmakers. Build your network. Build your network. That's how you do it. You've got to start building your network. And I'm going to tell you guys one thing. Even out there in internet land, I know people are going to be screaming at me for saying this because this is like something that people always say. I can use my friends and family. No. Don't just rely on your friends and family. Rely on the people that basically have the same drive as you. Because guess what? Your friends and family, they have other lives. They have their own lives they lead. And they're not all filmmakers. They don't under, they, some of them don't understand what goes, what goes into being a filmmaker. If you find people that are knowledgeable of filmmaking, I'm telling you people, mob him. <laughs> mob Nathan. Because he's a good filmmaker. Do it. Get to know the filmmakers. Because that's, that's the only way you're going to build up your network. That was one of my first earlier on mistakes, was I built a network based on friends and family. And it didn't work. It, it fell through because people would flake out. People would not understand. People would, would be constantly harping at me, saying, oh, you should do this instead. No. If you get a filmmaker, if you meet other fellow filmmakers, you get, it's like a friend. It's like a locker room. <laughs> It's like a brotherhood. It's like a it, it's like a, a deal. Once you're a filmmaker and you unite with other filmmakers, it's like a brotherhood. Yeah. You know? Just that's why people like that's why I tell other filmmakers don't have an ego. Don't have an ego. Because guess what? You're a filmmaker, I'm a filmmaker. We're in the same boat. <laughs> if no projects get done, everyone leaves. 
you've completed your film, uh, yeah. other than YouTube, what is a good way on the cheap to promote your film? On the cheap, well, the one thing, Facebook. Okay. If you have a Facebook account, you promote it like crazy on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Uh, YouTube, uh, Vimeo. Vimeo is actually, I'm getting to like Vimeo. Uh, just because the quality on Vimeo is much better than YouTube. And uh, it's Vimeo.com, in case people don't know. Uh, I believe I actually have it on my recommended site to go check out. Uh, distribution is tough. It's really tough. Uh, Just on Netflix. Bar Night at 6, uh, I don't remember where. There is a panel on TV film distribution as you hear. Yeah. Um, so it's called I Gotta Do What. We'll cover everything from pre production before you can get started all the way through to selling your name. Alright. Yep. Question um, about permits. Uh -huh. Is there any place like you know that you don't have to have them? I wasn't even aware that you had to have them in the first place. You always have to have permits. No matter what. Private property. Private property you don't. Property, you don't okay. But like, you need like public property. You do. Except for I noticed I noticed some parks you don't no. need permits. Yeah. yeah. If, if it is if it's public property owned yeah. by the city. You need a permit need from a that permit. city. Some of those cities, those permits are free. Yeah. As long as you have your production insurance, other cities, they cost you, the, the most expensive is 100 bucks in the mm -hmm. state. So it's, and that's for the whole year. So it's a one time fee. Yeah, that's not bucks. bad. And that's the thing. LA, it's more like five, six hundred bucks a day. So. And one thing that I'm going to tell you guys, don't be afraid to spend. Yes, this is a guide to being a cheap filmmaker. But one thing you gotta get out of your head is this isn't spending zero. You're not gonna be spending zero. You gotta spend something. You have to. You have to put that money aside no matter what. Yep. I have a question about that. Sure. Suppose you're like at the park and you're filming somebody's birthday or something. You still need a permit for that? No. 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 No, because they consider that. It's not commercial. It's not commercial. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's, even if you stick it in a movie later or something? Ooh, that's, 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 <laughs> that's <laughs> Okay, that's that's yep. Oh. Anybody else? Wow, you guys are quiet. <laughs> yep. Um general question about film festivals. I haven't sure. been in home state film festivals yet, but I was gonna ask, is there anything else you need to send it? Like what's the process of submitting a film? Depends on the it depends on festival to festival. Okay. Um, when whenever whenever I try to prepare a film festival package, I try to make sure that I got stills, I got uh, special, I got as many forms of that film like any mode that you got that you got you can make or render. It's like a full press package. Yeah, you have to come up with a press package. Mm -hmm. But it depends from festival to festival, because some people will ask for more. Like, they'll ask for more details and stuff like that. Well, yeah, but without a box detail, my film festival, what that film festival needs for requirements. Mm -hmm. So. But, anybody else? All right. Well, 
thank you for coming. I wish I could so show you guys videos if you guys want to crowd around my laptop. <laughs> I can show you uh, examples. I wish I could show the trailers. Go to uh, Nathan. What's the place that you can check out? Uh, SquishyStudios.com. Absolutely, absolutely check it out. Go to Western X, WesternXTheShow.com. Uh, WesternXTheShow.com. The, uh, I don't know, hey Nathan, uh, on your guys' uh, SquishyStudios.com, do you actually have like uh, blogs or anything? Yeah, the, uh, we've got a Squishy Studios blog uh, that you can uh, link to on that website. Yeah, and uh, Western X The Show actually has a, a blog also, a producer's blog, that uh, the thing I love about the Western X blog is the fact that he, uh, he breaks down visual effects and that's actually really cool for editors to know because it's amazing how many editors don't know how to do visual effects. Um, and definitely check out Metacosa. Uh, their booth downstairs, if you guys want to see fantastic uh, production design, Go check them out. They actually have a couple of their costumes and everything and props there. Really cool people. Uh, they're in booth 723. Go check them out because, and also checking these guys out means you can actually start to get to know them and add them to your network. <laughs> Build your network, guys. That's how you do that. That's the first step to being a filmmaker and being a cheap filmmaker. Just don't be a bad filmmaker like me. So, that's it. Thank you very much. If you guys want, check out uh, my site, which is wanderingfilmmaker.com. I'm going to be posting up the seminar up on there and editing out bad parts. <laughs>